Okay, friends, this is Suzanne, your hostess, and you have reached episode number 148 of eBay the Right Way. Today's date is January 17th, 2024, and my guest is D in Kentucky. No notable announcements this week, so we will go straight into the chat. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. I have a longtime Facebook group member and um, eBay friend that I've never met <laughs> today. So we have Dee with us. And how are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Wonderful. Yes, we are recording this on December 28th. So heading into the New Year's weekend and got any big plans? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm a stay at home on New Year's person. <laughs> yeah, no, same. A lot of craziness out there. <laughs> no, no, it's it's end of the year cleanup. It's hanging with the family. That's it. Yep. Good yeah. for you. Yep. Okay. Well, um, where are you located? I am in Northern Kentucky, like 20 minutes south of Cincinnati. So okay. really, we say Southern Cincinnati. <laughs> okay. I don't yeah. recall having anybody from Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe I did. I just don't yeah. remember. Um, no, really. Kentucky's a big state. I do most of my thrifting in Ohio. So really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. All right. We'll get into that some more. Yeah, sure. Um, so now we know where you are. And that's is that still Eastern time? It is. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, we're right just we're just there at the cutoff. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, um, let's go over what brought you to eBay. See, we, I was trying to find this. I couldn't find this info, but I'm pretty sure we got on eBay pretty quick when it first became a thing back in the day. So I don't know what eBay start date was, but we were there within a few 96. years. 96. Yeah. So it would have been, we were there probably 2001 or something like that. So that's how old my account uh -huh. is. And it was just those early days of eBay where it's really cool, Wild West kind of stuff. But I didn't seriously get into, um, thrifting as a business until early 2017, which is right when I found your group. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, good. So what was the catalyst? Like, why did you say I'm going to start selling? I think I was looking for something new. I had been a stay at home mom for a while. I had been temping for a while. Um, I had actually developed a client base for virtual assisting, all things tech support, web development, stuff like that. And I was looking kind of for a side hustle and mm -hmm. I was interested. I was curious. And I'm sure I came across a YouTube video or two that's like, oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So led down all the rabbit holes and took about three or four months to research and then started, just fell in, kind of fell into it on my own. So I what did. is your professional background? Um, that's a really good question. I do all the things. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you do. Yeah. Like yeah, you just kind of figured it out. background. Yeah, no, I really do. I mean, I worked in customer service for many years, many, many moons ago when we lived in New England. We lived in Connecticut for many years. Okay. Then moved here uh, to the Midwest because A, we could afford a house here, mm -hmm. family here. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, just like the area. My husband's family is from this area. So, uh, but yeah, I stayed at home with my kids for a while. And then I pick things up really quickly on my own and technologically inclined mm -hmm. and just kind of figured that out from there and started getting clients. <laughs> and how old are your kids now? They're in their early twenties. They still okay. live. 
adults. So we're still helping them learn how to adult. I've got one mm-hmm. that's coming off to college. So okay. That's yeah, good. It's still a busy household. It's just not Yeah, that's a good age though, because they're they're just about getting ready to launch. And <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but they're really fun well. to be with and they're out of well, you know, they're out of like high school. So right, right. a little bit a little bit easier um yeah. on the parents. <laughs> oh yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so you said uh move to Kentucky from New England because of the cost of living and that was a big thing, yeah. That's repeating itself mm-hmm. now, like lots of people from California moving to other states. Um, I keep hearing this, you know, buying homes and property sight unseen, just oh yeah, yeah, to, to get out of yeah. um out from under all of that. We've been here twenty years. Yeah, we've been here twenty years. I love it here. Yeah. Are you in a, a rural area or more near a city? Suburbia. It's suburbia. Okay. Okay. And so you mentioned going um, to Ohio to do your thrifting. Yeah. Yeah. So in Northern Kentucky, I'm sure there there are lovely little stores around here. I've been to all of them. I used to go out all the time. I've gotten a lot better about that. Um, So now I just coordinate it with other things I've got going on on the regular in Ohio. Um, And I go out a couple of times a week to my favorite stores up there. like 30 minutes to 45 minutes travel time, but I link it up to other things I'm doing there. Okay. So I had to look up the map because I'm terrible yeah. with geography and sure, states sure. I haven't lived in. <laughs> <laughs> so you are closest to what city in Kentucky? Uh, to Florence or Langer. Okay. Oh, okay. Way up there at the top. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. We're right Cincinnati's at the top. Cincinnati's just right over the line yep, for you. You got it. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, so is, is thrifting your main source of getting inventory? It is right now. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to be taking this year to really reevaluate that. Mm-hmm. Um, as I kind of reviewed the year and go over my goals, I'll be figuring that out. But currently it is. Yeah. Well, I love that you're doing that, reviewing yeah. your year and going over your goals. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, do we want to segue into talking about some of the things that you've sold or some stories about sure. your eBay business, yeah. the eBay community, the eBay life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was talking, so I've got a friend of mine. Um, she started her eBay business probably a year and a half ago or so. And we've started working together. We work together on the regular. And I was just telling her how much fun this is for me to talk to you about this because I have very few people in my life that I get to geek out about this business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got um kind of took some notes and wrote down a few memorable sales because as I was thinking about this, I'm like, I tend to sell and forget it. Not a lot of them stick with me, but I do have and I do sell on um different platforms as well. So eBay's my main squeeze still. Mm-hmm. Um and it's where I really got started, but I do have uh others. Um, so this is one I'm, I'm going to, I think I might mangle the name. Um, so you're familiar with Carter's, like Carter's kids clothing. Stuff yeah, like absolutely. That. Um, the artist Emu Name, I think E-M-U and A-M-A-E. He's a blind Japanese artist and Carter's picked up, uh, his art and incorporated it in, I want to say the early two thousands. And I sold a couple of those blankets, one for $150, one for $75. Nice. And I think some of it is the color combination. Um, but the cool thing about those is 
my style of thrifting is I go out and I'm like, does it catch my eye? And then I'll look it up. I still have my main list of things I look for in categories. Um, but this caught my eye because it's the same receiving blankets I had for my kids when they were little. Okay. And then I looked them up. I'm like, oh, these are actually worth something. So they've all sold up within a month or two of listing. So that was a pretty, those are pretty cool finds. Yeah. That makes you feel old when you start seeing stuff. Yeah. Kids have. <laughs> it's, it's a plus on one end because my main category is plush and toys. Okay. Right. And a lot of those things because of how my kids are and the generational nostalgia. Mm-hmm. kids are now old enough to be like oh I had this and now I'm having kids and I want this for my young one or something so that's kind of so a- have you had some uh eBay customers reach out to you after buying one of those items and um you're getting the I've been looking for this forever or my kids yes, and yes. I, I absolutely love that when people do that yeah but- I know I just had one recently where, oh my gosh, I w- I've been looking for this. Thank you so much. Um, mm-hmm. This was exactly what I was looking for. And I had this when I was a kid and now I want to give it to my kids. Did it, was it something that sold really quickly? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I don't remember. Sometimes they have to sit for a while. Until, oh, for sure. Um, until somebody needs it. So I, yeah. always, I like to put that thought out there that um, just because it's not getting attention right now, you know, tomorrow could be the day where somebody loses it or somebody gets the idea of, oh, I should get such and such for my child or, you know, get it for your grown child for their birthday. Like, oh, you have it. Right. Yeah. So it's just waiting for, waiting for there to be a need. Yeah. I try not to, I try not to load too much of my inventory up with waiting for the right person. Right. But there are certainly things that I know somebody's looking for this. Mm -hmm. So I'm good with, with letting some things sit for sure. Okay. So when I started my way into this first was, I thought I was going to build a Pyrex empire on my Etsy store. And then I realized, oh, you actually have to find the Pyrex and you have to find the desirable pieces that's not available around here that I know of. So then I went into the very popular um, category of clothing. Mm-hmm. And that lasted a few months until I realized I really hate clothing. I hate mm-hmm. going through that for me. I hate laying it out. I hate fussing with it. I've got dogs. So now I've got to worry about the hair situation. Um, and then I moved into shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's still my secondary category. And there was the really cool early on memorable purchase and flip of a pair of Chanel Oxfords, little okay. tiny women's Chanel Oxfords. Um, I always find them in the tiny sizes, like 36, 37, like size six, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found those for $2 at a Goodwill. Um, and it was one of my first shoe purchases. And I was floored and like, now I'm not so much in the designer brands because they do tend to sit, but those sold pretty quickly. I want to say within a month or two for about $200. That was, and that one stuck with me because that was pretty early on. That happened probably five or six years ago. Well, and shoes aren't really faked. You don't have to worry about it like handbags and sunglasses. There are some, I actually just got rid of a pair of uh, Louis Vuittons that I determined were, were really, well, I guess not as often Probably. as other items because it would be more labor intensive to make shoes. I imagine so, yeah. Yeah, and the, the counterfeiters like stuff they can make quickly. Yeah, easy, for sure. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Well, that's a good find. I mean, yeah. you just never know. You wouldn't, 
Did you find that in like Cincinnati as well? Yes. Yeah, I did. I um, remember. I And that's, it's been five, six years. I remember the store. I remember exactly the store. I remember finding them. Isn't that funny what we remember? Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> I did inventory uh, this month. Just, I do it, try to do it twice a year. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm going through it and I, I remember where I got things like, oh yeah, this came from yeah. that store and this came from, I remember the day I went there and it was a thunderstorm right? or what it was and just, just what you remember. Yeah. Yeah. What, what the connections you make. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, keep going. Yeah. I had two more that I wrote down. Um, cause I do, I, I was looking at my number of sales per month per year or whatever. And, my year in review, I was looking at like I've sold 900 plus items in 2023 across four platforms. Okay, good. Of 60% of which was eBay. Um, so I don't remember all of them, but the other two memorable sales were I found this mini Casio keyboard uh-huh. in the box, vintage, working, nothing wrong with it. And I found it for $5. I remember, and I remember as we were just talking about, I remember exactly where that was too, which store, all that one I don't go to that frequently. And that sold within a week for $125. I may have even posted that in one of the supersize sales. Oh, good for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah that one was fun. <laughs> and I think at that same store, because um, plush is my main category, uh, there's a store I tend to go to that has bags of plush. So you have to pick them up, look around. Do I want this? Mm -hmm. I found a bunch of Thai beanie boos. Mm -hmm. Beanie Babies, I never look at, but the Beanie Boos can sometimes be really uh, valuable depending on what you get. And I found one with the purple tag. So that means it was for that store, it was a Justice exclusive. And Justice is not even a store anymore, I don't think. Um, but it was a blue unicorn. And I found out that it was super rare. I listed it for, I'm sure I got it for a dollar in the bag. Mm -hmm. uh, listed it for $275. And after probably a few weeks of low offers, I took $250. Really? That one blew me away. I'm like, I guess I have a handful of plush that I have gotten many hundreds of dollars for, but it's a handful. That's, mm -hmm. that's an all the time thing. So it's really fun when it happens. So what four platforms are you on? eBay, Etsy, Poshmark, and Mercari. Okay. I have looked at Vestier. I have a couple things on there. I'm about to shut it down because it's too much work. It's too fussy. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that one. What is it called? Vestier. Okay. Is it clothing? They bought out, they bought out Tradesy. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was on Tradesy for a minute, but they were such a pain in the butt to get, um, to get payouts. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Kind of need your money. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm kind of not surprised that they're no longer with us and Vestier, like I said, it's just, it's too fussy for me. I've got so do you money. have everything cross-listed on all of them? Just about. Okay. Um, and that's something I'm going to be looking at again this year um, of where I can buff up the other platforms. Mm -hmm. um, there are certainly going to be things I just won't ever list on, say, Poshmark because of their weight limit. Mm -hmm. I think they've got like their 12 pound labels and that's it. And I've got other things that I'd never be able to ship through there. Okay. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about each platform as it relates to eBay? Um People are always saying, you know, sure. sell on other platforms. And yeah. um, I know there's, you know, differences in the listing fees. And like you said, the shipping. Um, and I've tried, 
I did Etsy for a little while and yes. I just couldn't get any traction on there. Yeah. And then um, my daughter did Poshmark a lot. And she always talked about, you know, it's just flat shipping. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to sum it up. Do you, I haven't come across that with somebody okay. selling on so many platforms. That would be very yeah. educational. Sure. Sure. I can say without a doubt, finding Vendu, the inventory software has been a game changer for managing inventory across platforms. It's Vendu, V-E-N-D-O-O. Mm-hmm. Um, I think list perfectly or cross list, whatever. I know there are others, but that's the one that I've used and works for me. Okay. Um, so Poshmark, no listing fees, uh, but they do have a higher um, final value fee, as mm-hmm. it were. Uh, so it's 20%. Um, but you can have things listed as long as you want. You can delist, relist, what have you. Um, and the Poshmark culture is different. People expect to be able to make offers and expect you to make offers. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I love about Poshmark and honestly, Mercari is once somebody receives their order and they click received, or it's been three days since receipt, that's it. The order's done. Like there's no opening a claim later. There's no 30 day return period, whatever. It's three days from receipt of the order or once the customer says, I've accepted this order. And I have very few issues on either of those, the two platforms. So they do have returns. You just have to do it within three days. You have to do it within three days. And by and large, even returns I've had opened, either it's glaringly like something that's been glaringly like my issue, like, oh, I totally missed that thing. Yes, please, mm-hmm. Poshmark, please let them keep that and refund their money. Um, or Poshmark sides with me because they don't allow for returns for fit. So I have a lot of shoes on there. And if it doesn't fit, too bad. But they do have a feature where you can reposh something. Oh. So it makes it easy for that person to resell it. Yeah, that's what where I was going with my next question is you just resell it. So yeah, yeah exactly. Um, how's the payment system? Is it like managed payments where it goes straight into your checking or um no, it goes so posh holds on to it and then you can request it. Uh, you can get, so Poshmark and Mercari both work this way of, um, I can have it sent directly to my bank, but it takes a few days or I can request payouts by Venmo or PayPal or something. And it's a small fee. Okay. So they've got a few options, but by and large, it's pretty easy. Um, and Etsy's my, so Mercari, much like Poshmark, it's got the three day receipt period, um, very little in the way of returns um in order of um most listings and most traction ebay is the thing i do the most on followed closely by poshmark then mercari and then etsy so etsy's kind of like my i'll just throw things on there and see what happens and now i'm doing more listings because like go figure every platform really likes you to list things (laughs) right I've noticed that now that I'm listing a little more, I'm getting more traction on Etsy too, but we're still talking for Etsy, like a couple sales a week versus Mm -hmm. other platforms where it's a few sales per day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I had a question about Poshmark. Let me, Yeah. oh, so what kind of items are allowed on Poshmark? I think pretty much anything anymore. I mean, it used to be really restricted to clothing and accessories and shoes and such but they've opened it up to pre- to everything and that's when so, I started- home decor toys anything yep. yeah they may have restricted categories too like 
I'm trying, I can't remember offhand, but they just flagged. Oh, it was um, HP printer ink, laser mm-hmm. printer ink. And they said, no, we don't allow that. I don't know why, because I saw other things on there like that. It doesn't matter. It sold anyway on eBay. <laughs> yeah. I guess the, the person who was doing the um, security that day <laughs> must have right? yours right. and nobody else. Yeah. Okay. Now, if um, somebody wanted to learn Poshmark, what's the best way? Just jump in and start doing it? (laughs) Jump in and start doing it. I mean, kind of, that's my approach. So it's right. I'd say jump and start doing it. Watch a bunch of different videos, experience, um, look for tools to make automation easy because Poshmark Mm -hmm. likes it when you share. It's supposed to be a social platform. but I've got some tools that automate sharing, automate offers. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, how I long don't... have you been on Etsy? My gosh. It's Etsy's Etsy a little different because I've been on there for many, many years as well. Because mm-hmm. I started out selling um, candles and bath and body stuff. Many. Oh, months. right. Your homemade products. Right. So then I just transformed that into... Um, into my current store. Mm-hmm. So just kept the account for the length of time it's been on there. Right. And then stopped doing Bath and Body and, and transformed that. So I've been on there for a good while. I think I started, gosh, maybe 2013. It yeah. kind of had been chugging along and I'm like, I'm going to check this out and see what it is. And yeah. I did sell some vintage items on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I've got the least amount of listings because I do stick with vintage anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because it yes, Etsy used to just be handmade, mm-hmm. and they had to keep up and open it up to other things too. Yeah, and I think the rules have changed over the years. Yeah, um, about what you can list and how does the shipping work on Etsy? Believe, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can use Etsy labels or your own, and then you just have to upload the label information. Okay, so. Um, And the same with Mercari is you can use Mercari's labels or you can use your own. If you use Mercari's labels, you have to make sure you weigh it correctly or they'll come back to you and say you owe us money. Really? Yeah, I've had that happen once or twice. I'm like, oh, whoops. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I feel like the post office is transitioning to just charging the seller more since now, um, you know, if if it's wrong. um, Right, right. because now everything is linked electronically. They can just, um, if you, if it costs more than what you put in, you know, right. Charge you more yeah, instead of returning the package that, yeah. Which I, I appreciate personally. I'd rather get bill for five or $10 than have to go through the trouble of taking care of that package again. Yeah. And it'll be late for the buyer and then you have to deal with all that. And yeah. it's just, I feel like it's better customer service. Just Agreed. if I mess up, just charge me the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Don't involve the customer. It's not their yeah. fault. They didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Mercari, what, what's a little bit about that site? What can be sold? Everything. That's another one of those that's, I, and it's why I chose these platforms because Different people use them for different reasons. They have Mm -hmm. a balance here or they have a balance there or they had a bad experience with that platform. So they want to go over here. That's that's one of the reasons why I cross-listed on everything. But Mercari, um, like I said, 
their shipping labels are easy. Um, it is so where Poshmark doesn't allow you to use your own shipping label. You have to use Poshmark's and it's a flat rate for up to five dollars, five pounds. So I know you just said Mercari, but I'm jumping back. That's fine. Uh, no. And request uh, additional or a different shipping label from Poshmark um, if it's overweight, but only up to 12 pounds. So whereas Mercari, if I choose a Mercari label, I have to have the right weight in there from the get-go, or I have to cancel the order and redo it all. So I've got to be really careful about weighing on the upfront. Um, and I do choose to use Mercari's labels because it's extra seller protection in mm -hmm. case anything happens. So I could use my own and that's fine. And I could put in the shipping information, but I choose to go through Mercari's and I by and large, like with stuffed animals, they're fairly light. So it's almost always going to be the half pound to the pound weight. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And in terms of selling there, um, much like the other platforms, the more attention I give it, the more sales I get. Right. Um, I have no, I have noticed, and I don't know about you, but I have noticed a change in the search algorithms across platforms. Um, Mercury's, to my mind, Mercury's search feature kind of, kind of sucks. Um, I'll put in something like um, blue stuffed animal, whatever, in one way. And it'll come up with a bunch of things and I'll use the same search terms and I'll mix it up a different way. And it gives me a different search result. Hmm. I find that kind of weird personally. No, I wouldn't know that other than eBay. And I don't, I don't really search for my items and I don't really study that, I guess. I'm not searching I... specifically for my items so much as when I do research into okay. how much something is going for, what did oh, this pricing for, and then it doesn't find it unless I search for it a different way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes things will come up on Google and they don't come up on eBay, but I mean, they come up on Google for eBay. Yeah. It'll take you there, yeah. but it didn't come up in your eBay search. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to figure that out. Yeah. I think they want it to be a mystery. Bigger brains than ours, I think. And that <laughs> whole, um, you know, trying to keep it fair, giving yeah. everybody a little bit of exposure, which um, I talked about the whole throttling and, that right, yeah. in one of my videos recently. And um, I don't know, there's no way to prove they do it or don't do it, but yeah. it is weird how you might go two days with nothing. And then right. the third day you get three sales. Right. That is something that's come up in um, amongst Poshmark sellers too, is just being shadow banned or that kind of throttling. That's it's mm -hmm. not just eBay. Yeah. And they call it rolling blackouts where your, yeah. your listings just don't show. And I mean, if they are doing it, um, it's trying, the objective is to make it more fair. Yeah. So sometimes your listings will be shown and sometimes they won't given other sellers a turn. But I really think there's something to when you first open an account, you know, they give you a lot of exposure to get you hooked, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you know, newer people, maybe their accounts are less than six months old and you would think logically a more established account would get more hits because yeah. it's established. But I have noticed people will be like, yeah, I just started and I'm getting all these sales and then everything just slowed down. Okay. So I think yeah. there's something in the algorithm about favoritism to new be. accounts. That makes sense too. 
get you, but you know, that doesn't mean you need to go open a new account every six months, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. You'll need an established history with feedback and eBay wants to see your shipping on time. And um, you want to get your top rated seller so you can get your discounts and all the things that go with an established account. But I'm just saying <laughs> about those new accounts. Um, I guess it builds confidence and, yeah. you know, gets you into the eBay lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> the glamorous lifestyle. Yes. The glamorous lifestyle. You know, I love it. I don't have to set an alarm. I haven't had to set an alarm in years. And that's one of my favorite things about this business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me too. Just after years of, I mean, think about your life, you know, you had to get up and go to school as a kid. Yeah. Then you became a parent You had to get up for your kids and you had to go to a job. And um, that's one of my top advantages of yeah. it's just, yeah, the, there, there's definitely a freedom involved in this that it, it suits me and my lifestyle, my family's lifestyle for sure. And especially if you're getting older and you don't sleep as well as you used to. And it's like, I don't want to get up at seven. I'm going back to sleep for a little while. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do have like standing meetings with my friend um, three times a week so that we can do the thing, mm -hmm. whatever that thing that week might be. Uh, so there is, there is that part of the business where like, yeah, I can do anything I want. Oh God, I, I can do anything I want. What do I do? So mm -hmm. we help kind of reel each other in. So you're saying just social stuff, going to lunch, whatever it is with your friends? No, no. I've got a a friend of mine who, the one who also has an eBay business, she lives okay. in the And we have standing meetings three times a week, virtually. We talk on the phone mm -hmm. uh, and we talk about, okay, what do we want to get done this week in our business? So they're all I see. And the, like right now, this past week, we've been talking about our year in review. What did we say we wanted to do? How are our sales? What are we going to, how are we going to use that to inform next year? And also what are the things that came up that we couldn't help? Um, what are the things that came up that we can do differently next year? Um, yeah, things like that. So it's made a huge difference in um, me just like actually paying attention to my business in a way that's sustainable and not too crazy too. Yeah, I think that's really important because you might be going along and things work and then all of a sudden they don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have another sounding board too for each other. Yeah, um, things that maybe aren't allowed anymore. Like the big thing this year was the partially used fragrances. Yes, yes. Selling forever. I know. And now they're cracking down on that and sellers listings are getting removed. And so the actual rule is either brand new or empty bottle. Yeah. Good to know. I should accept that offer that just came through today. Because it comes, <laughs> um, it's under the FDA rules gotcha. for cosmetics, even right. though, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's in a spray bottle, it's not touching anybody's right. body. Know. You know, it's not being consumed. It's, it's not going to, like I get it for cosmetics. You don't sure. want to send, you don't want to sell a partially used jar, right. of potentially contaminated something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, I still see plenty of listings for the partially used, but I also see a lot of people saying, "Oh no, my listing got removed. I didn't know." And right. um, I mean, I got to tell you, that is one of the 
one of the um, one of the many benefits of joining your group, the Facebook group, watching the videos and all that is just staying up to date with this stuff. I don't have the wherewithal anymore to go actually pursue this. But when I see it come across my feed from the group, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's a thing that's going on now. Um, it's been, it's been massive just to stay up to date with things, even though I, I go through my phases, I'm not always able to be really super involved in posting and stuff, but I try to, when I can, because the group's been so helpful for my own education. Yeah. I, I hate to call you a lurker, but there's a lot of oh, lurkers sure. that never, <laughs> I'll take it. Like, I'm an occasional lurker. Yeah. They never like a post. They yep. never answer. They don't post their own stuff. It's just, there's sort of, it's my own animosity towards Facebook. It's a love. Yeah. Hate. It really is. It's not personal against your group. I absolutely adore your group. And that's what I'm there for is for the groups. And uh, yeah, a lot of people are like, I don't want Zuckerberg knowing my business. So I just go on and read. I don't post anything. For me, it's it's actually more mental bandwidth. I'm like, okay, I need to be doing this thing. It's like, I've got to actually focus on this thing. It'd be really easy to take too much time. Oh yeah, like, it's definitely a time suck. And then the next uh, thing you know, you're over here watching cooking videos and <laughs> yes. right. you know, yeah. police police stops on the highway right. Right. <laughs> get into all those cat videos right, sure. yeah it's definitely distracting so mm-hmm. um I don't post a whole lot on my personal page right. I I'm on there for for the group you know and um yeah. I have it set up where every post has to be approved and um okay. there's really not that many a day maybe 15 or 20 but um, just the spam got so bad that I, we had to switch to approving because it was just all these people trying to get hits on their videos, oh, yeah. And, yeah, know, that just makes posting sense. all this irrelevant stuff. And that's that's a thing out there is um, people will just go join large groups, yeah, regardless of the topic, so they can spam them with stuff, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I'm super pennies. impressed with like how, how well you, and I think, is it your daughter that yes. runs through? Uh-huh. It's amazing. I love like you guys run a really tight, like not super tight ship, but you run a, a very efficient group. Uh, and I really appreciate it. Cause I'm part of a lot of other groups too. And, uh, between that and the videos, that's kudos for sure. Cause I tried. Oh, well, thank to you videos. so much. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of eBay groups that are, you know, over 200,000 oh, yeah. members, but yeah. I don't think they're moderated. Right. And right. Um, a lot of the new members are not vetted because yeah. I've got questions on there. Um, why do you want to join this group? And how did you hear about it? You know, stuff they actually have to answer. They can't right. just, yes, 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 yes. And when they do that, it's like, yeah, they didn't read any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and the older people are on Facebook too. We're not really... I don't know. Maybe you do TikTok and some of those Instagram and all that, but it's just what, what I'm teaching and the eBay lifestyle doesn't really gel with those types of sites. It doesn't seem to be. No, no. I, I, for all of my reselling needs, I used to follow a lot more on Instagram, but I'd rather see different things on Instagram. So I'm curating an art, um, Instagram that just is flooded with art and beauty and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I love that. I used to love Pinterest, but that kind of fizzled. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. (laughs) That's another one. The black hole of looking at stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. (laughs) I do do like the Pinterest fails. Like (laughs) why turn out like that, you know? (laughs) 
Those are good. <laughs> okay, so um, back to eBay. Do you have oh, any? Yeah. Do you have any more um, sales or uh, stories you want to talk about? Um, I think those are the main ones that I wrote down. I started looking at others. I'm like, oh no, that was Mercury. Oh, that was, that was this that. So I kind of well, I mean, you can share those too. It's still sales. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I didn't know if you wanted to just like no, no, just um, you know, sharing what sells is yeah. is the um, objective of this sure, podcast. Sure. You know, the eBay lifestyle and what kind of stuff will sell. Sure. Um, Okay, so I did. There is one more that comes to mind because I think it is my highest selling plush um, that I found at the bins. That I'm gonna try to pull up super quick here. One of my other favorite places to go thrift is at the bins, and we have one in Dayton. It's um, where is it? There we go. Um, we have another one locally, but it's tiny. I don't even bother. So the one in Dayton. Um, once so like i said i went from clothing to shoes to plush and the plush transition was when i discovered the bins because plush is lightweight Mm -hmm. and i used to go and find a couple like consistently two or three bins full of plush that i could dig through and when it was priced at like a dollar nine a pound that 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 math is really easy so Mm -hmm. i started really getting into it plus with having kids um, even though they weren't young at the time, I just like, oh, I recognize Pablo from the backyard again or whatever. Uh, it made an easy transition for me. Um, also, one of the reasons plush for me is people don't return plush for not fitting. So I like love my, that. Yes. Right? My shoe return rate and still is. I don't do as many shoes, but I still have like 10 racks downstairs. Um, it was like about 4%. Mm-hmm. Whereas plush it's very rare that I'll get plush back. And it's usually, oh, I thought this was a different size. I didn't read the description. Um, And I have the open return policy. I've got free returns, no big deal. Um, But this particular plush was a Disney Build-A-Bear puppy with the shirt. And if you look these up, it's really, really rare. Um, It's white. It's got the blue Mickey um, eye patch. And... I want to say I had it listed for a good while for four fifty. I took an offer on Mercari for three ninety. Wow! I think it took about two or three months to sell. So that was I want to say my highest selling plush was almost four hundred dollars. And after wow. putting it in the bins, and it was filthy, and I got it cleaned up really nice. And yeah, and that so was- Matt, what was your what's your cleaning process? OxyClean. Um. Depends on the plush. I'll if I if it's something where I have to be really careful with it. Yeah, I'll do like a little Tupperware bath full of OxyClean and mm-hmm. whatever's around, or a spot clean it, or I'll just toss it right into it on its own cycle. Toss it right into the laundry, into the mm-hmm. washing machine. Yeah, you have to spot clean those that have any kind of um, yeah thing inside that you can't take out. I've got two right now that are Carter's. I think they're just one U or one of those yeah. Carter's where it has the, the music box or something thing inside but there's no way to get it out yeah yeah you actually would have to cut yeah. the, the plush yep. to take it out so you could put it in the washer yeah. and i just i'm not going to do that because i don't yeah. want to put it back together so yeah. i just do the the spot clean and you know might have to do it a few times but yeah it's it's like a miracle i love oxy oh my gosh yeah <laughs> And that's something that I'm working on getting better. You'd think like six years, almost seven years in, I'm finally getting better at some things and it's, and it's all good, but I have my, 
my repair pile, my clean pile and all that. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, this $15 item is not worth my time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I'm really going to be focusing on that this year. I'd like to really focus on finding higher average sale price things because my average sale price right now is $30. Um, yeah. I'd like to get that up. Good. While keeping up my volume. So, and so, um, just a note for the listeners, I found OxyClean at the dollar store now. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a smaller container, but, um, that stuff's expensive. The I know. brand's like $8 for the, the yeah. container. and some stores have their generic, but I was like, I wonder if the dollar store has this. Cause you know, it takes a few months to go through it. Yeah. The, the other dollar store miracle. And I don't know if you guys have, I'm sure it's got, it must've been posted at some point or another. Um, Oh, now I'm forgetting. It's the yellow liquid. It's like amazing clean or something like that. Oh, I don't know about that. At the dollar store. And I can, I'll make a note to post it too, but that stuff's amazing. So is it laundry detergent or is it just a clean spray? It's a spray. It's good for spot cleaning. And I'll use it for shoes, for plush, for, for darn near anything. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. I'm always looking for um, faster, better ways. Right. There's something, what's that stuff called for, um, (laughs) um, it's for yellowing of vintage fabrics. I think it's like restore, uh, restoration, something. Um, I ordered some of that from Amazon and it's a soak. Okay. So I've seen people using that for, you know, wedding gowns or bedding or, you know, the really old vintage stuff that yellows over time. Uh, that's a great product to have on hand. Yeah. I'm like you with um, leaving things behind that need repair. I used to never be able to leave a cashmere sweater behind, you know, if it it was on the dollar sale or something and there's something wrong with it. um, Now I just, you have to reprogram yourself. It's like, okay, I can fix that, but do I want to? How long is it going to take? How many items could I list? During that time, I'm repairing this thing that's not going to sell for so much. That and is the key. I'll that's just leave it for somebody else is what I say. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if it's a big, chunky L.L. Bean cashmere sweater with a zip front and it's got a, a hole in the seam, that would be really easy. Right. That's different. Yeah. I'm taking that. But just the solid color Talbots that. Even if you repair it, it's not going to show. Yeah. No, or, thank you. you know, if it, if it's a dollar or 50 cents, okay. I'll put that in a cutter lot. Yeah. 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 Just put it aside. And I just, I did sell a cutter lot not too long ago for about $40 and I only had about $6 in it. So yeah, that's, that's one of those things where I don't look at clothes a lot, but when I did, that was a good hot tip. I think I took from, from this group many years ago, like, oh, I could, cause I was doing the bins and looking for clothing. And I think I sold a couple cutter lots like that because of the group. So Yeah, you just have to be patient and keep yep. adding to your pile. Right. Um, so yeah. that brings me to plastic play food. That's another thing that I accumulate. Do you do okay. anything? No, no. No? I mean, do you know how much it sells for? Oh, no, no. Is that something oh, I do? that's you know? a thing. Yeah, the oh, plastic okay. play food. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was in, I don't know if I put that in a video or okay. I did I talked about it somewhere. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's it depends on what it is okay. and 
not necessarily all old stuff, but if you go buy it new, it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah. So when you see those bags, little bundles of things that play yeah. food and that's all, that's what I love about this and this business is like I am always learning about niche like niche things, things that like you would think this Dell plastic stuff sells for so hey. much, but I've got. I've got a listing. I think there's maybe 15 to 20 pieces in there. I think I have 39 on it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's just, or like the, because of the bins and because, and I've got to reprogram myself around this too. Sometimes in my head, oh, it came from the bins. It was practically free. Right. That's not always the case, uh, especially since they started raising their price. I want to say it's like $1.79 a pound now. But one of the things I will always pick up at the bins is little people, the Fisher Price little yes. people even modern, whatever. And once I've got a good amount of them, they're not, they're a little fussy, but they're not that, that bad to list and to pose or what have you. Um, and those will sell really quickly for me every time. Um, that and the Fisher price roll around balls or the see-through blocks. I tend mm-hmm. to find those in the bins. Um, and they're again, another one of those pretty easy to clean up, easy to list. And once I have enough of them, um, they're pretty good resale and it's, and it's quick. And I love the quick sales too. So I've never been to a bins. Well, let me take that back. I went to one here in Greenville and okay, it, there was like nothing there. I guess yeah. I went the wrong time, but well, um, it depends on the bins too. I've had bins I've hit that there's never anything there. Like, okay. I mean, the bins were literally like nothing was in them. I oh couldn't find anything good. I'm like, oh, okay. Stuff. Okay. So, um, is everything loose? Like nothing is in little baggies together. Unless it was donated like that, no, yeah, definitely not. It's just all loose stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I, I almost always go for SpongeBob Imaginex, the Fisher Price. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was one day at the bins where I had found the playset the day before in a different thrift store, and then in the bins I found all the figures that went with it. Oh, and really? All loose. You have like glove up. For sure. Yeah. Get, get your gloves on. Um, and it's not for the faint of heart or or for germaphobes. You definitely don't want to go there if you have any of that. Um, but I did dig through and find like a good pile of of those little figures um, across two different bins. Wow. That you found them separate. I was able to lot up with the other thing and uh-huh. sell for, I think, $90. That was pretty recent, too. Ah, good yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, back to the Fisher Price little people. Yes. Yeah. Some of those individual ones, it's like Lego minifigs. It's just yeah. some of the individual ones can go for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually started really relying on um, Google image search for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a game changer for me of um, just looking things up and just to be able to do it quickly and efficiently of like knowing that if I see a bunch of them listed for maybe four or five dollars. Okay, I'll lot that up. Oh, this this individual one is thirty dollars. That'll tell me to go start looking into it a little more rigorously. Right. Yeah. yeah um, I do that with the littlest pet shop figures too. Have you found any home runs on those? No, not the home runs. I know, I know there are certain ones to look out for. Um I have certainly sold individual ones for, you know, 20, 30, 40 dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do tend to lot those up and I've got a couple lots up right now where it's 15 of them. Um, I, I like, I saw, I forget who it might've been in the group where I, I don't remember where I saw this, where I just took a picture of the bin that 
they were all in because I had like found a whole bunch of them in yard sales or whatever, threw them in a bin, and then finally decided um, to lot them up with one cat, one dog, an old one, a new one, mm-hmm. no duplicates, that kind of thing. And I sell them pretty consistently, lots of 15 for 40 to $45. Great. I've got like four left, four of those lots left. Good for you. And I was doing some research on those and there's a whole underground of fake ones. Yes. Yes. I mean, I know. it's maddening. <laughs> it's maddening. Yeah. So for the listeners, if you find those littlest pet shop, um, do your research because yeah. you don't want to get caught for listing a fake and, and who would even, who would even I know, that? I know, you know, just, yeah. Okay. Handbags and sunglasses and right. But the toys too, things. come on. Yeah, You're ruining childhood everywhere. It's just ridiculous. It's like, and it's just, it's maddening because, okay, people, if, if you put your energy into doing something legit, you could really be successful. Right. Right. But it's, it's, I yeah, think there's the a thrill of getting away with something or, you know, how, how hard is it to make those? You got to have the, the molds and the plastic and the, like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Boggles the mind. For just sure. go, just go thrifting and find good stuff. <laughs> know, <laughs> you know, right? it'd be easier. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Well, we're um getting towards the end here. Yeah. Did you want to answer one of the questions at the end? Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. I was looking at them like, oh, I've got long lists of things. Okay. Uh, I can answer any of them. Really, you can you can throw out a couple if you want to do All more. Right. Than one. All right. So the <laughs> the book, one of the books, I tend to read a number of things at once, and mm-hmm. then nothing for me, for months. So I think right now the book that I'm I'm working through kind of slowly uh, is Ram Dass still here. Yes. It's on aging and life and death and all that. So light reading, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not <laughs> <deep> at all. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's this one's taking me a little bit to get right. Um, but the podcast I listen to a lot of podcasts and I cycle through them. Um, I listen to so currently I'm listening to Blocks with Neil Brennan stand-up comic, uh, co-writer, co-writer of Chappelle show, okay. uh, talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. So get my little hit of science in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, creative pep talk, because I also like to art, um, and clear like what? Art. art, art. Oh, art. I thought Love you said art, paint. like it's raining. Oh, art. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, creative so- pep talk is just that it's, it's done by, uh, Andy J pizza who helps creatives through their mental blocks. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's fun. And then um, I also really enjoy from time to time Alan Alda's Clear and Vivid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about science and communication. So that's that's where I am. Wow, you are um, all over the place. Oh, yes. I love yeah. that. Just, that's you know, <laughs> I'm kind of like that too. I'll be into one subject really deep and then, okay, I've had enough of that. I'm right, right. Different, yeah. yeah. Well, this um, is why this business is ideal for us, I think. there's There's so much... Yes. And I'm doing something new today. I met awesome. up with my sister um, yep. yesterday. Her husband passed away recently and awesome. he, his whole family had passed. So he was the last one. Yeah. And so he had all the family history stuff. His mother yeah. was a bookkeeper. So she was all about record keeping. Okay. So like all the genealogy and stuff. Yes. So yeah. I've got two huge bags full of all this World War II stuff, like oh, ration books. And, oh my gosh, that's so um, cool. You know, certificates. There's a purple yeah. heart in there. Just all this stuff. Right. The 20s, um, someone yeah. 
family way back owned a boarding house in Charlotte. And there's all these photos. There's a book about it. There's like the ledger the where they signed in. And um, I'm going to just really be going down a rabbit hole on that. Just being right. fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, they just put a bunch of it together in a lot and do an auction and be like, you know, yeah. historical North Carolina stuff or military stuff, but yeah, ephemera is one of those categories that I haven't personally gotten into, but because we don't come across it, you you have right. to see it and find I, it. Yeah. Um, she was going to throw it away. She's like, I don't know what to do with it. My kids don't want it, and I'm like, no, hold on, you know. <laughs> and there's a, I think his great grandparents' wedding marriage certificate okay. from 1900. Oh my gosh. How cool. Just, I, I think some of the stuff's going to go to yeah. a museum. It's just, yeah. Oh, um, that's neat. It's, it's a lot to go through, but right. I think I'm going to sort of separate it by topic and just yeah. put it together in lots because um, it'd just be faster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's there's yearbooks from the 1940s from high schools in the Charlotte area. And yeah, I'm just like, oh, that's, you just dive into the, that. yeah, you just remind <laughs> me of the, the thing I totally forgot to bring up. Um, I went to an estate sale a couple weeks ago where they said, um, this is the free day. Like we have so much stuff, uh, come and get it. Donations Please take it off it. our hands. Right. <laughs> and it was a, and it was a managed estate sale. And they're like, the family just doesn't want to see this in the landfill. Come and get it. Make donations. If you want, I happen to have actual cash on me. So I threw a $10 bill in the cup. But I came away with a bunch of vintage plush, as well as vintage magazines from like the 20s and 30s, like oh. magazines, time, you know, uh, and I started looking through those and looking at the old ads. I'm like, doctor recommended cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, kind of. Yeah. And, and like Crisco and how it's healthy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that window into the past. I'm like, oh, that's why we are the way we are. Cool. Yeah. The government <laughs> told us this was good for us. Okay. Right. Believed them. Like, this, explains, <laughs> this explains a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what happens to me is, is I just am personally interested in things. Right. Right. Next thing you know, it's three hours later. <laughs> right. But now you've got that information in your brain and yeah. And I think we crave that just learning okay. new stuff. And yep. now, you know, and yep. so it makes for interesting party discussion. Not that I go to parties, but well, and you don't want this business to get so repetitive and monotonous. You've right. got to have new stuff thrown yes. in there. To keep going. So. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, I know you've got plans this afternoon. Yeah. So yeah. I will let you go. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And it was nice to finally meet you after all these years. Same, and same. Group. <laughs> <laughs> same. And I, I swear, I'll try to come back on and, and like some things and participate a little more. Well, and we know you're cutting back on your Facebook. So that's, sure. that's a lot of people's like new yeah. Year's. I'm on a social media diet, not doing it for a while. So <laughs> no, I think I need to do the opposite and actually get a little more involved in my group. So I'll be around. Okay, great. Well, thanks again. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the group soon. (laughs) Okay, bye. And now for today's trivia question. Dee mentioned Fisher Price Little People. What year did they originally hit the market? Here are a few seconds to think about it. the answer is 1959. Fisher Price first offered its little people 
1959 safety school bus pull toy made of wood and lithographed paper. The figures helped small children imagine big adventures. And if you go over to eBay and put in vintage Fisher Price Little People and go to active listings, as of today, there are over 31,000 active listings. So this is definitely a viable product to sell in the world of vintage toys. Okay, next week, my guest is Maggie, known as Resale Rebel on the Facebook group and her eBay store. And her specialty is vintage clothing. She has lots of helpful information if you are interested in learning more about that topic. That wraps up episode 148. Thank you all for listening and keep going keep listing keep your nose to the grindstone we are all in this together i'll talk to you next week bye everybody